It's Thursday, September 7th, and this is the 1909, the state news' weekly news podcast featuring our reporters talking about the news. I'm your host, Alex Walters. Uh, this is a new voice if you're a returning listener. I've been the administration reporter here for a little bit, and I'm excited to have you hearing me. Uh, we're trying out a new format this semester, so bear with us, uh, but I really hope you enjoy it. This week, we're going to be talking to the state news' administration reporter, Theo Shear, about MSU's latest presidential shakeup. Then we'll hear from state news cultural politics reporter Jaden Beard about what experts fear is a looming spike in campus sexual assault. Then we'll run through the other MSU news you might have missed during move-in, welcome week, and the start of fall classes. So, uh, yeah, let's start the show. All right, our first guest is here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Theo Shear. I'm an administration and academics reporter at the State News. Um, yeah, first timer at the 1909. Nice. Me too, actually. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the latest presidential shakeup at MSU. Do you want to tell us about that? You wrote about that? Absolutely. So, ever since um, President Stanley uh, was ousted by the board, um, we've had an interim president, that's Teresa Woodruff, um, but recently she just announced that she's not looking to be the next full-time president. She's not pursuing this permanent um, presidential role. Mm. And so how long has she been you know, at MSU in that role? Can you tell us a little bit about her? Absolutely. So she is an on-co-fertility on um, researcher, which is sort of a combination of just research in the areas of cancer and fertility. Um, and she came from Northwestern uh, to MSU as the provost. Um, so yeah, she's really, ever since being president, she's had to lead MSU through a, a lot of, you know, rough periods, uh, including the, the shooting on February. Um, so she's had a pretty uh, tumultuous experience here so far. Well, I mean, she sort of came into the role under tumult last fall with all the, you know, succeeding Stanley with the what, two votes of no confidence in the board from students and faculty and sort of coming in and writing uh, uh, the ship to an extent after that rocky period. So what was the reaction to her you know, saying that she wasn't looking to pursue this further than the interim? Yeah, so the reaction, um, the board chair, Rima Vassar, uh, she sent a, a message uh, basically thanking her for her time um, as interim president and, um, and providing that leadership within those past 10 months that she's been um, in this role. Um, which is a little bit interesting because uh, they've had a little bit of tension in the mm -hmm. past, like you just said. Um, so we're sort of wondering, is that just an act of uh, you know, kindness? Are they just being polite or has there been a little bit of unity between the two of them? Yeah, you, know, you can't really talk about Woodruff as president without talking about the whole Gupta affair. And her decision you know, last summer as provost to, to ask him to resign over his mandatory reporting failure, which you know, created a lot of tension between her and the board. You know, uh, said that that's played into Stanley's ousting, and so it's been um, a tension-filled tenure. So yeah, so what happens next now that she's decided that she's not pursuing the permanent presidency? Yeah, so I guess right now there's a presidential search committee um, that is searching for the next president. She'll, they'll, um, they're hoping to choose that candidate um, by Thanksgiving of this year. Um, however, it's unclear uh, when that president will actually um, take the job. Mm. So Teresa is going to be here for a little while. Yeah. And how's that How's that search going? I know we've been doing some reporting. You might see later this week about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've talked to um, the leader of, of the Graduate Student Council. She says it's going well, and they're uh, looking for a lot of, you know, great candidates with uh, expertise 
Um, however, she's a little bit concerned with representation on the board, so there's a little bit of conflict there. She wants more uh, students to be represented uh, rather than business people. Because hmm. there are what, you know, it's a, I think a 20-some member committee, and there are two students, including two, yourself? Yeah, two undergrad uh, students oh, and see. one graduate, and that would be her. Yeah, and there's, I think, four or five members from, uh, you know, business people and different kind of wealthy alumni. Absolutely. So it's kind of a, you know, combination of, you know, what interests are they really there to represent? Is it their own or um, is it MSU's? She just wants to make sure of that. Mm. All right. Well, you know, thank you for coming on the show, Theo. It's always good to, to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Our next guest is here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Jaden Beard. I'm the cultural politics reporter. And thanks for having me on. Great to have you. So yeah, so you wrote a story about the red zone this week, something you might uh, be hearing about if you're listening you're around campus these first couple weeks. Do you want to talk about, you know, first of all, what is the red zone for someone who might not know? So the red zone is the first couple months in college campuses where the statistics for sexual assault and sexual violence are um, disproportionately higher than the rest of the academic year. Hmm. And that's observable at MSU, right? It is observable at MSU as well as most college campuses in the country. You know, just today we did a story about the, the Office of Institutional Equity, which is, you know, they do the Title IX investigations. If you report uh, sexual violence or harassment or something like that, they investigate it. And they had uh, some consultants come in to see how they could reduce the timeliness of their cases. And they found that most of the backlogs come from three dates, which is just, you know, the first week of campus in the fall, mm-hmm. Halloween, and the first couple home football games. Um, so, yeah, so close to home. Yep, definitely. And so you've talked to some experts for your story. You know, is there a consensus on why that's the case, why it's disproportionately happening you know, at the beginning of the year? It's not just one reason or hmm. one you know, sort of thing to trace it back to. There is a couple different factors that come into play. Um, one of them is that it's a new environment for students, particularly freshmen, sophomore students. Um, they're not really familiar with the campus, the location. Um, resources that they can go to for these sort of things. It's a time when um, students might be putting them, might be in situations where they're experimenting with alcohol that they haven't before, mm. drugs that they haven't before, and um, that's a situation that you know predators take advantage of. And it's never, never the victim's fault, but it this is something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And so, other than you know not committing acts of sexual violence. What are, if you want to be a good friend, good member of the community, what are some things that people can do to sort of counter this? So another reason that this happens is that people are less likely to step in and that's Mm. contributing to the bystander effect. So if you are in a situation where you see something happening to somebody, it could be potentially dangerous, potentially violent, step in, it's better to say something and it's just better to be safe than sorry. So, yeah, be, be a good friend. Be a good Spartan and step in. Mm-hmm. And you've taken the time, you know, you've put together a little list of resources for your story for things that people can look to. Uh, do you want to talk yes. about those if you're a listener? Sure. Um, so the first one would be ASMSU Safe Ride. This is something that I've used, actually. It's mm-hmm. a free way for students to get late-night rides until 1.30 a.m., um, there's a sexual assault healthcare program. They have forensic nurses, and they could put together, you know, evidence within five days of an assault. There's a center of survivors. Um, they have individual and group therapy, a safe place that has myriad of confidential services, and the employee assistance program, which is specialized towards current and retired MSU faculty. And if you're listening, you can find you know links and further information about all that in Jaden's story at statenews.com. Yep. Yeah. Thank well, you. thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me.
In other recent news, MSU police is warning car owning students about recent attempted car thefts on campus and in East Lansing. They believe the incidents are connected to the online Kia Boys trend, which encourages people to exploit a software glitch in certain Kia and Hyundai cars to steal them. And the MSU office responsible for Title IX investigations has completed months of consulting work in hopes of shortening their cases. Years of audits have raised concerns about the department's ability to quickly take reports of sexual violence or discrimination to a final resolution. Most recently, they found that on average, a case takes about one calendar year to complete. So this firm's report, which we've just obtained at the state news through a public records request, paints a stark picture of the Title IX office. It describes mission-driven, highly dedicated staff that care deeply about their work, but it finds that they're hampered by understaffing, unfilled positions, constant leadership turnover, and an inadequate software system. The firm's top recommendations for how to change that, uh, simply put, hire more staff, and it'll be easier to process cases. Reach for comment, MSU declined to say whether they'd be acting on that recommendation. Those stories in greater detail and a bunch more are available at statenews.com. That's all we have for this week. We'll be back next Thursday with more stories. Thank you to our incredible podcast director, Anthony Brinson, our guest, Theo and Jaden, and you for listening. For the 1909, I'm Alex Walters.